Hello everyone and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined, as always, by my two pals, Dakota Lasky, Duminal Crossing. Dak, how you doing today, dude? I'm doing alright, man. Hanging in there. Ready to uh, talk some more Metroid. Getting close to episode 100, which is pretty hype. And uh, yeah, we're in 2022. I don't have I don't have much going on. I'm, I'm chilling. How about you? Uh, well, I got my my Omega uh, booster earlier this week, and I felt like a speed boost block that Samus had just shine sparked right through. I felt so bad <laughs> for like a day and a half. But I'm on the mend. I'm feeling fine. I'm happy to be here. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good day, all things considered. Uh, how about you, Mr. Crossing? How are you feeling today? Pretty good. I feel like I'm the only person that hasn't gotten any side effects on my booster. Deadass felt nothing. Absolutely nothing really? when I got mine. Yeah, not even like a headache or cold sweats or anything. So, I don't know. I'm I'm one of the lucky few, I guess. But, yeah, it's been a chill day. Went to the gym. Got a nice shower, and now going to talk about some Metroid with the boys. Nice. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I felt pretty bad on uh, I guess Friday. I was about to say yesterday, but today's Sunday. So Friday, I felt pretty bad, but I, I like just basically sat like a blob on my couch, not feeling good. So I decided to just play Metroid Dread. So I had a nice little uh, run of Metroid Dread and, and had a good time with that. So, you know, even when I wasn't feeling all that great, I still got some got some Metroid in. So it was uh, it was nice. But um, yeah, we uh, we're we're gearing up to finish off what we didn't get to last week, which is of course talking about um, what Metro Dread might have looked like if it had released on the Nintendo DS as uh, originally planned, and also what the series might have looked like if that happened. But before we get there, Dak teed us up earlier, and uh, man, we are five weeks away from episode number 100 of the Omega Metroid podcast. And we have a ton of cool stuff planned for episode 100. And one of them, for the actual episode, we are going to be revealing what we are going to be doing next week. So tune in next week. It's going to be a super show. I'll tell you that. We're going to be streaming it. It's going to be live. You can have the details, uh, you know, next week once we once we hammer them out and figure it out. But it's going to involve, of course, myself. It's going to involve Dak. It's going to involve Doom, and uh, we'll have we'll have a few other uh, have a few other surprises along the way too. I've already done my part, actually. I've I've thought of the content as I mentioned to you guys earlier, so I'm ready to go, and I am uh, I'm really excited to see if you guys can uh, can hang with what I already jotted down. Yo, are we revealing a new Smash character? Well, I. I... The intention is to smash characters and hit episode number one hundred in in a kind of way, but I don't want to give too much away. But I'm I'm really excited for for this. I I've thought of some good stuff, and I am I am like chomping at the bit to uh, to see how you guys react to to what I have for you. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna have an Omega Metroid Direct. It's gonna be an hour of just new reveals for the show. You know what? It's really funny that you say that, um, because I, you know, I was going to reveal it later, but we legitimately are going to have an Omega Metroid Direct sometime around the time of episode number 100. And I'm not joking. I'm, I'm legitimately going to do that. It's not going to be an hour, but there's a, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we have, uh, coming down the pipe 
And uh, what better way to get that all out than with an Omega Metroid Direct? So you jest, but I'm serious. That's that's <laughs> gonna happen. So we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that more in the future too. But next week we are pulling the curtain back on what we're doing for episode number 100. And I am like I am really looking forward to that. I think it's gonna be uh, one of the one of the funner things that we do. So I, the I, Omega I Metroid we... the Omega Metroid Direct is just a montage of Kirby gameplay. Oh god. Yeah, this is becoming a Kirby podcast after episode one hundred. That's the big reveal. I'm sorry. I just oh, you god. know just spoiled it for everybody. But I know Andy's been really passionate about it for so long, so I think it's the right uh, direction. You would have to you'd have to get me in like you have to film an epic death scene for me in order for that to ever happen. Like I'm fighting hordes and hordes of Kirby's and they just finally take me out like Boromir. I don't know. We're also renaming it the uh, Metroid Prime as an FPS podcast as well. Uh, the the new Metroid Prime podcast, Metroid Prime <laughs> Returns podcast. Um, all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, talk about Metroid Dread here. And uh, so I just I just ran this game the other day. Fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, creeping up there actually is is maybe it's my second favorite two D Metroid now. Um, if not, then it's it's getting up there. And I think with subsequent playthroughs, it's going to probably get to that benchmark eventually. But one of the things that we uh, were going to talk about last week that we didn't uh, that we didn't have time for is what if this game would have released on the Nintendo DS as originally intended? So I I am uh, I'm really looking forward to this kind of thought experiment because I've kind of I, I went a little bit uh, in depth here and kind of broke it down on what could have translated, what couldn't have translated. Um, things that maybe would have had to change, things that could have been the same. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you guys on a journey through some thoughts that I had, and of course you guys let me know what you think as well. But it, it, just from a very basic, uh, you know, from the very basic premise, uh, I feel like we've heard uh, series producer Sakamoto talk about like that the, the technology held back Metroid Dread from from coming on the Nintendo DS. And the more I think about it, and, you know, obviously none of us are game developers, so what do we know? But the more I think about it, the more I I truly think that you could have made this game on DS with some compromises. But I, I really do think that the technology wasn't as perhaps far removed from making this game plausible on the Nintendo DS as maybe we've been led to believe. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on that before I kind of give you my list of of stuff that I thought up. I mean, it's really hard to tell because we, you know, we as outsiders, it's not even necessarily a game development perspective. It's just because we as outsiders, we don't know any specifics beyond, oh, it was difficult to make because of the technology. We don't know what specific parts of it was difficult to make. Obviously, the biggest assumption, and I think this one's a fairly educated guess, is probably the Emmy's AI. That's that's yes. kind of like the big one that we're that we're talking about. And I feel like... And I feel like to a degree that's absolute that was absolutely not possible back then. Cause even you know, even um you know, games more recently like Alien Isolation and stuff like that, like that's stuff that we haven't even seen until like the last, I wanna say four or five years ago, let alone like way back in the DS era. So I think something like that's fair. But beyond that, it's really hard to make a judgment on that. Yeah. Uh I think that's the the sticking point as well, is probably the Emmys. Um but yeah, I don't know. Dak, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, we're thinking how many years this game might have come out after Fusion would have been like, would have been enough to just like have the Emmys kind of be more scripted again, and maybe just do it in a larger kind of like like to a larger degree, like a like a bigger scale rather than just like the smaller encounters we had with the SAX and Fusion. I'm not sure if that's a compromise they're probably willing to make. Because um, when I'm thinking back to a lot of like the the games that had like gameplay going across both screens on the DS, it's a lot of games had this and they kind of like dealt with the blind spot in between. Um, even when you had like those bigger areas, you didn't have like these really active, aggressive enemies going from one screen to the other. Other like I think of like Yoshi's Island DS, where like they had the other like like the map was just bigger. You could see more of the screen, but you're really just shooting at eggs. It's not like you're running away from like this crazy monster or whatever it is the entire time. So I feel like they might have if they had if they were going to do it, they could have done it across both screens. But they probably would have had to have sacrificed a lot of that aggressiveness and and AI that you know the, uh, that Doom brings up, you know, as opposed to having a more like scripted enemy that we saw like in Fusion. Right. Well, that, I guess we might as well just start there because I have a whole section on the Emmys, and I when I said that you could make this game on the DS with a few sacrifices, um, I think that the Emmys are the sacrifice that you would have had to make because I, I think that that is exactly probably you know making like Doom said an educated guess. That is the piece of technology that was holding back Metro Dread from happening on the Nintendo DS. So you, I, I think that you could have still included the Emmys because it wasn't necessarily like the... Um, like you'd had portable games that had stealth segments before. Like I'm thinking like Metal Gear for the Game Boy Color and uh, even some Zelda games have like little stealth segments inside of them. Um, even Metroid Fusion to an extent is... Uh, you know, there's times where you have to sneak around the SAX. And, and you could program those enemies in a way where, you know, they have kind of a limited range of sight. But it is in a very scripted manner and a very, like, closed kind of sequence. Um, so that, I think, is what would have, you know, been the been the biggest sacrifice to, to Metro Dread. There is another one, but I'll get to that later. Um, you, I think that you could have still had the the basic premise with the Emmys and included the Emmys in, you know, scripted movements and, and a routine that they would have had. And then it would have been up to the players to avoid the routine. And maybe you just change the level design so that instead of the Emmys coming from kind of any direction and having the intelligence to react to, you know, any sounds or anything like that, maybe the level design is just a little bit tighter and a little bit more, constricted so that it's just harder to avoid the Emmys even though they're going on these predetermined paths because I think that if you had the Emmys on these predetermined paths and the level layout is kind of what it is now which is very large open rooms for the most part it would be pretty easy to just blitz by them uh pretty pretty quickly once you kind of learn their movements and their patterns so I think that's one of the biggest things things about Metro Dread is that like they don't necessarily have set patterns there's a lot of like uh, RNG associated with the Emmy's movements and stuff like that, which makes it kind of a, a keep you on your toes kind of gameplay. So I think that they could have overcame that by having scripted segments with Emmys in, you know, in the same patterns that they would keep on doing over and over. I do wonder if that, I mean, it, it obviously wouldn't have been the same. Um, and I do wonder if having like six Emmy encounters where you need to sneak through these different 
obstacles essentially to avoid them and as many times as you do in each area would have definitely gotten old after a while but that's i i think it could have been possible um not necessarily i don't know if it would have been great but i think it could have been possible possible yes but i don't think it would have been optimal just because of because of that more linear structure where it's on a predetermined path, I feel like it would have been way too similar to the SAX. It wouldn't have been able to differentiate itself enough. Whereas the Emmy now, in Metroid Dread as it currently is, it's clearly inspired by SAX. Sakamoto has even stated that in you know, um, a couple of the interviews as well as the diary that came out right after the E3 Direct. But there's still enough there to where it's able to differentiate itself and feel like a completely new challenge despite the clear similarities and comparisons and inspirations. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, uh, I, I think, like I said, it would have been possible. I don't know if it would have been ideal, um, because I do think that it would have been a little bit of diminishing returns. Because, like, the Emmy is the big hook of Metroid Dread. Yeah. And, and I don't know that it could have been the big hook of Metroid Dread on the DS. I think it could have been a feature to include. Like, maybe you have to... It, I mean, I guess you, I, I, what I'm saying is I think you're right. Like, it, it would have been more so like avoiding the SAX, but on a more personal up-close scale. And I think that that would have gotten a little bit old after a while. Um, because I could have seen SAX encounters that were kind of based, like, when you, or SAX, uh, Emmy encounters that were kind of based off the SAX encounter in, like, Sector 2, when you have to freeze it and keep running and hit the switches and stuff like that. But, like, that kind of really only works because there's they're so few and far between in the game and they're, they're pulsating when they happen. But yeah, I, I don't know that they could have built an entire game based around that then. Well, I, I think they could have, but I just don't know if it would have been fantastic. I don't know. But, I feel yeah. like you guys are underselling it a little bit. Cause at the same, well, I think the amount of the encounters we gotten like infusion against the SAX was good. I would have liked more and I would have loved more like sequences like that in the game. So if they had made another 2D Metroid with just more of the SAX, I really don't think it would have been like, like I don't think it would have gotten as stale as you guys are kind of making it seem because I just feel like the SAX was already pretty well balanced in the fusion to begin with. That said, I think another thing we're also missing here is that we'd also miss those like kind of quick time experiences as you try to counter the SA are the uh, the Emmys in Dread, which I don't think you would have been able to pull off like really effectively on the DS back then either. Like just how cinematic it is, and being able to include those kind of quick times and like uh, like and make it like as uh, I guess scary or intense as it is now on the Switch, right? Like you kind of do it back then. I don't think it would have the same kind of effect, and I think tonally with you know where the switch is now you can also pull off a lot more things that make the enemy a lot scarier and a lot more intimidating as an as an opponent as an enemy as opposed to what was possible on the ds i think going off that as well and this kind of branches out from just specifically the emmy but another thing that we would have to consider is that this would have been internally developed entirely by nintendo probably not any third party help so no mercury steam no team ninja no next level games nothing and uh yeah so there'd be no there'd be no outside support and so i don't think you would have as much of an emphasis on combat including that counter mechanic and even stuff like the um even stuff like the flash shift which while it's technically a movement ability we'll, we'll get there it's we'll get there. yeah heavily utilized in combat and i think you'd be losing i think you'd be losing a lot of all of that um 
development um, insider. And you don't think the flash shift influence. would be? See, I think the flash shift uh, is one of the few uh, things uh, that would we'll, work. We'll get there. We'll talk about items in a second. Right, let's, yeah. let's keep it on track with the with the Emmys here. And actually, I want to talk about the gameplay even before we get to the items. But um, so, so my general takeaway here, and I think that we're kind of all in agreement, is that you could have done the Emmys in Metroid Dread if it was on the DS in, let's say, 2006 or even 2008 or 9 or whatever it was supposed to be. But in order to do that, they would have had to have been scripted segments and they would have they would have been a lot more similar to the SAX encounters in Metroid Dread. Is is that fair to say? In Metroid Fusion, yeah. In Metroid yeah. Fusion, I'm sorry. Yes. I wonder how many times we're gonna or I'm gonna convince the SAX and Emmys and Metroid Dread. <laughs> I, I think I already have. Well, yeah. Yeah, well let's keep it let's keep it counter. So I mean i let's talk about gameplay for a second here, because I think that you could obviously, you know, base a lot of the gameplay on what was already done in Zero Mission and Fusion. Um, with some of the new mechanics that were included in Dread, though, I, I don't know. I think it would have been hit or miss. Like, because one of the, like, I mean, as silly as it sounds, one of the biggest things that they included in Metro Dread was the slide, and they delayed you getting the morph ball. And I think that you could have very easily included that into the 2D game, uh, even if it was on the DS back in 2006. Uh, Castlevania had a series of. DS games and functionally they were very similar to the Metroid games, uh, 2D Metroid games, and those ones had slides in them and they worked pretty well. So I, I don't think that that would have been a problem. But as Doom mentioned, I think where you would have been struggling a bit and missing a lot of that satisfaction is in kind of the counters and melee combat and stuff like that because I don't know, I don't know that there is a way to. I mean, I guess they could have like put that counter in, and, and it could have worked. I just, I don't know if that would have been as smooth or silky on the DS. I had an idea for for something that I could have actually seen happening, which would have been horrible. But I, I don't know. Do you, like, do you guys think it would have been realistic to have counters like that available and quick time events like that available on the Nintendo DS at that well, time? Well, here's the thing. Theoretically, they could have certainly, but I'm just not sure if that internally developed team at Nintendo would have thought of that idea because. Because for those who don't know, the the counter mechanic, which was introduced in Samus Returns, it's actually based off of um, the Lords of Shadow Mirrors of Fate game, which uh, Mercury Steam also developed before um, they got hired to do um, the uh, Samus Returns remake. And there's actually a lot of stuff in Samus Returns that's heavily influenced from that Mirror that Mirror of Fate game as well. There's a really cool video on it that just came out that um, I posted on the Discord act, actually that goes into the Mercury Steam's all history and like their passion for like. 2D Metroidvanias, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, while the t basically what I'm trying to say, TLDR, while theoretically the internal team at Nintendo could have thought up that and found a way to implement that on the DS, I'm not sure if they would have because those are, you know, they're different people with individual unique thoughts. Um, they have different game philosophies and stuff like that compared to Mercury Steam, you know, based, you know, continents away. Um, as well as as well as decades and advancement in um, research technology and the evolution of the Metroidvania formula, which was also making a comeback at that point in time. Uh, yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. I'm just, I guess, what I'm saying is like, if if someone in the room at Nintendo in 2005 or six was like, I have this great idea, we're going to introduce melee counters. I I don't even know that they could have done that as like on the DS I, I maybe they could have but I just I don't know if it would have been as like I, I don't know what that would have looked like um I don't I don't I can't think of any comparables 
on the DS that had a similar mechanic like that at that time. So I just, yeah, I, I don't know if that could have even been possible. Even if they did have the idea, which to your point, they, they probably wouldn't have. I mean, that certainly wouldn't have been something in Metroid at that point. I agree to that extent, but also at the same time, it still wouldn't be that crazy to implement, right? Like it's just a simple input, like it's just like a button press. So like it's not that wild to think someone might have thought of like a melee, like especially an air dash too. Like that's something that was in like Mega Man as well, from what I remember. So like it wasn't even like that was like you know as you said, slides were in Castlevania. Like I don't think those kinds of mechanics were necessarily out of the realm of possibility. It was more so like what they were willing to do, and. I think, like, if it, it also really depends on whether or not the game would have been, like, a 3D kind of game on, like, a 2D plane, like Samus Returns or Dread, would have been, like, an actual 2D game, like those Castlevania games. So, I think that also is a factor. Uh, I think it would, I think that's, the, the definitely would have been, like, same with, like, the quick time events, that's definitely doable, it's just, you know, implementing it, like, a button press, essentially, account, encounter. If anything, that's probably one of the, I don't know. Game development wise, like not the hardest thing to implement, right? Like a quick time or like a quick like reaction button press, but would it have had like the same kind of effect? Like would it have been as satisfying? Like would they have had like been able to capture that kind of speed that the newer games have? Because Samus Returns and even like Dread are a lot faster than those older 2D Metroids, and I'm not sure if like were they willing to go like and make the game faster even if it was 2D or not. Um, I think that's definitely doable. I think they could, if anything, the dash and the counter, I think are probably the more doable and likely things that would have made its way, like that would have been possible back then and maybe doable back then. They would have been willing to do back then as opposed to like implementing the, the Emmy outright. So in terms of speed, so in terms of speed, I actually kind of disagree with you there. Cause like Samus returns is actually like one of the slowest 2d Metroid. Like it's even slower than, um, Metroid, Metroid fusion. I think the only the only games, at least 2D-wise, that are slower in comparison is the original Metroid 2 and, of course, NES Troid. But otherwise, otherwise, all the other games like run faster. They run at 60 FPS. Samus's movement speed is faster. I, I think I think sometimes Samus Returns can feel a little faster just because the enemies are more aggressive, so you're doing a little more at once. Whereas they kind of sit more idly by in some of the previous entries. But like otherwise, in terms of like the actual movement and stuff, I don't think that would have been an issue implementing on the DS. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe I'm just thinking that like the actual, um, I, cause I mean, you're right. The, the, it would have been simple enough to put a, a counter mechanic in. It's just a button. I guess what I'm saying is it just, it wouldn't have felt, obviously it wouldn't have felt the same. It wouldn't have been that fluid movement of Samus like spinning around and like giving a drop kick to someone and just, you know, exploding and stuff like that. And I think that the, uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but I guess whatever, we'll just talk about it now. I think the boss battles probably would have taken a big hit if they were on the DS specifically for this reason. Uh, the boss battles are like super cinematic. One of the best things about Metroid Dread, I think we can all agree. And well, I think that you could probably you could probably replicate pretty much every single boss that is in the game. Um, I, they wouldn't be as cinematic, which is such an important part of the presentation of Metroid Dread. And I guess I'm I'm thinking back to the way that Metroid Fusion and, and Super Metroid introduces their bosses. And those aren't cinematic necessarily either, but they still feel like awesome encounters. So I'm sure that they could have found a way to make it work. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd like, I'm trying to think of how the Ravenbeak fight would have would have been, you know, presented in a in a 2D fashion. And it's hard to wrap your head around, you know? 
Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like the bosses would have at least been good or decent in like a DS game, but obviously they wouldn't have even come close to Dread. Because I mean, we, we you know we've talked about it multiple times now, but Dread's boss fights are like some of the best in the series, and I've talked about it before. Ravenbeak is you know my is in my top three. Um, Experiment is in my top five somewhere. Like um, just absolutely incredible jaw-dropping fights that sometimes it's hard to believe that you're actually still in control um even even when you're not doing the melee counter cutscene it's hard it's just incredible to see like all the cool tech that you're doing and all the damage that you that you're dishing out on these giant hulking um, monstrosities and um it just there's no way that you could replicate something like that on the ds I think it definitely is on, like, a boss-to-boss basis, like, real quick. Uh, like, SQ, for example, I think would probably translate fine to, like, the older, like, something on the G, like, D, like something on the DS or something like that, because it's a pretty simple boss, ends up turning into a core X, so that works out really well. Whereas you have, like, the Crade boss fight, which, without its kind of cinematic additions from Dread, is pretty much like any other Crade boss fight. Like, it's nothing too mm-hmm. crazy different, so, like... It being doable nowadays is a lot more significant for that boss fight. Whereas, like, some of the other smaller bosses, um, and I, I would even say, like, some of the earlier bosses in the game, aside from Kraid, or still would probably be doable in the S without too much of a translation. But I agree, like, Ravenbeak, um, that's his name, Raven, yeah, Ravenbeak, he, uh, he would definitely be the one where, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this, it wouldn't have the same effect, I don't think, if they did, like, the double wing effect. Or the double wing reveal on the DS, I guess maybe it would. One winged angel, come on. Yeah, well, it's a double winged angel. It's two winged angel now. But like, they, would, but at the same time, like I'm thinking it would be maybe similar to like the the zero mission cutscenes, like those really short ones. But those are still like static images, like a little bit of dynamic movement, and not at all the same as like a fully animated 3D kind of movie cutscene. So again, it, it does definitely come back to those like cinematic effects because again yeah like you can you could definitely implement like the emmys quick time like kill or be killed kind of scenario when you get caught on the ds but would it have the same kind of scary effect dying over and over again or at least the first few times on the ds when you probably wouldn't be able to have like those same 3d animations and effects as you could um you know on the switch now so uh a lot of it might just come in you know like might be coming into play here is like their vision for what was possible, like, visually, right, aside aside from just gameplay. Yeah, um, and, and I agree with you. I, I think that almost all of the fights could have been translated. I think that you might have struggled, obviously, with Ravenbeak. I think that Corpius, you might have struggled with the parts that he's invisible. Um, but, I, like, I, I you, obviously, you'd have to get rid of, like, the, the big cinematics uh, in, in the experiment fight. But I, I think for the most part, that would have been, you know... Like I said, you could have done it, but with sacrifices. Um, but I think that one of the areas where, you know, if you were to have made this game, that you would have had to take a huge sacrifice on, probably even more significant than sacrificing the AI of the Emmys, is the actual world and layout of the map. Because if this if this would have been a Nintendo DS game, I would have I would bet everything that it would have been based on a classic grid in the same way that Super was, in the same way that Fusion was, the same way that Zero Mission was, um, and even in the same way that the Castlevania games on the DS were. So, I, and I think that one of the strengths, at least for me, for Metroid Dread as a fan of 2D Metroid, is the way that its rooms are like these unique shapes and the way that they they use the map to kind of, you know, there's not just like 
a there's not just like these weird random recharge stations they're part of the integrated map um you know like uh, it's just it's a really unique layout that they have for for all the areas like i'm thinking like the giant tree room in Gavarin is like such a standout spot in the Metro Dread map to me, or like just how massive those Emmy rooms truly are. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of that I think would have had to have been severely, severely scaled back and, and scaling back is fine, but I feel like, I feel like it might've been, I don't know. It might've been ready to move past the grid based system in 2006 and, you know, clearly that it wouldn't have if it would have released back then. So I think that might have actually been the single biggest compromise that it would have had to make. And I don't know if you guys feel strongly about that as I do, but that look, I mean, looking back, knowing that what we got in Metro Dread was so spectacular in terms of areas and stuff like that, I, I feel like that would have been pretty hard for me to, to imagine. Yeah, I never even considered that before, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would necessarily be the biggest compromise, but yeah, that would definitely completely change the feel of the game. And even Samus Returns, which was on the 3DS, more powerful than the DS, that still used a grid-based layout as well. So you would certainly not be seeing that um, on a Nintendo DS game for sure. Yeah, I'm. You know, I wonder if maybe it would feel too much like Fusion then, because it would have to cut down a lot, and you probably you wouldn't get maybe some of the more distinctive areas, or maybe you wouldn't get. Uh, some of like the more changing dynamic stuff. Like I'm not sure exactly where they would have cut there. And there's a lot of like slight differences from dread in terms of like environment diversity that I hope would stay like towards the latter parts of the game. Are we good on talking about spoilers? I feel like we can, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we can you know, so like, you know, the later Chozo areas I would hope would have to stay there, but then like you have a lot of pretty, like, you know, this is the, hot area and this is the water area and this is the starting kind of area like i i wonder if like what exactly would kind of get trimmed i would really hope you don't lose like the first area where you run into raven beak and you have like the the cool like cherry blossom trees and the chozo statues but i would say overall maybe the areas would just all feel smaller maybe the emmy rooms wouldn't feel like they would take up so much of their particular area like, I could see the, like, I'm not entirely, sh like, what do you think? Like, how do you think they would trim it down? Well, I mean, I mean, obviously it would just be a smaller map just yeah. due to the hardware that it would have been on. But it, I like for me, and I wasn't sure that you guys would think this was a big deal or not, but for me, like just being a, a 2D Metroid, you know, I, I love me a 2D Metroidvania game. Um, the layout of the map is just like in the layout of the rooms and how they're just not boxed into these like grids is a real strength of metroid dread for me and samus returns kind of does it a little bit but in the end it is a, a grid-based game whereas just i don't know it it adds a sense of like realism to me that not all these rooms are just like perfect squares and um yeah. you know that there are things that are integrated a little bit more like yes you have dedicated safe stations and yes you have atom rooms and stuff like that but to me it just it just feels a little bit i don't know smoother than having just everything on you know, kind of like your two by two grid system. So, and I, and I think that that would have, I'm sure that they would have made the areas still feel distinct. Like you would have had your, you know, your water, your fire, your forest area. But I, I just, I feel like the way that the map is structured is a really big selling point of Metroid Dread for me. And I've never heard anyone else talk about the way that the room is structured is one of the things that they like about Metroid Dread, but it, it is, it is for me. So yeah, I hope I explained that. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the items because I think that 
in terms of items, I was trying to think, and I I really only think that there's two items that wouldn't have worked at the time in Metro Dread if it was a, a DS game. So we know, obviously, that the space jump, the screw attack, the speed boost, the morph ball, ice missiles, grapple boost, we know all that stuff works in a 2D setting. Um, the spider magnet is literally just crawling on monkey bars from Metro Fusion. So we know that that works. Um, I think the cross bombs would have worked just fine in that setting. Obviously, all the beams were already a thing back then, so those would have worked. Um, I was I was thinking about the flash shift, like you were mentioning earlier, and I wasn't entirely sure if that would have translated over or not. And originally, I said I don't think it would, but I actually I don't think it's that big of a deal because I was thinking of some other. DS games at the time, and I keep on going back to Castlevania, but I do that because I feel like it's the obvious comparison. And they do have a dash mechanic in that game, and I don't think it would have been a big deal to have that dash mechanic just work even if you're in air. So that one actually I do think would have been possible to include in this game, but I think that where you would have had to cut items is in the Phantom Cloak. I don't know that that could have made it into the game as originally intended like i don't know that the technology was there to turn samus invisible and i don't know that the storm missile would have made its way in either because i don't know i don't know how they would have done that if they if maybe they could have and maybe i'm just not being imaginative enough but i just i feel like that's a lot of missiles and a lot of locking on for one for like the ds at the time um but those are the two items that i think might have been on the chopping block if you know this had originally released on the ds see I, again, because I'm trying to think of how the, the dread gameplay would have been on the DS if it would have been like gameplay across two screens or would have been like gameplay on one screen and maybe a map on the bottom, whatever. Because I'm thinking like the storm missile would be really cool on like two screens. You're shooting from the bottom screen and you hit all the way up onto the top to hit something. I think that could have worked. Uh, I mostly agree with the, the Phantom Cloak. Uh, just in terms of legibility, I don't know if they would have been confident enough to make samus like go completely invisible maybe they would have had it so she's not like entirely invisible um but the storm missiles i could have seen working pretty well like and having that kind of lock on you kind of look around a little bit um or maybe because it's on the ds you use like the touch screen use like the stylus to go around and 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 oh, touch stuff <laughs> i see i could i could see that happening because we're i you know I'm I'm thinking in my head like th there's absolutely a chance a game like this would have touch controls for stuff. Well, I I want to get there. So actually, a quick second. <laughs> because of so. that, I think you know when we're thinking back to DS games, they would you know try to incorporate a lot of mechanics and abilities so that way you'd, you'd be forced to kind of use the touch screen or be yeah. encouraged to. So in this kind of case, I'm like, oh yeah, an ability where you got to have multiple targets, a hundred percent can see tapping on each individual target with my stylus on the bottom screen or or whatever it is. Uh, or somehow like shooting at all of them from the bottom screen to the top screen, and that, that so I I think that a hundred percent would stay in the game. The the Phantom Cloak. Do you, do you not. remember earlier when I said I had an idea, but it sucked? Do you want to know what that idea was? What I just said. That it was basically what you just laid out. Yeah. That, but I'm not saying it'd be a good idea. I'm just saying I would I hundred percent see that happening. Like I I don't I don't disagree. I actually low key uh, think it's a good idea. <laughs> Okay, before before we talk about touchscreen, Doom, what, what do you think? What are are all the items that are in Dread able to be in Dread if it's a DS game, or are you kind of are any of these on the chopping block for you? No, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I don't have much else commentary to add. Just that, um, you know, kind of like um, Dak was saying earlier, I don't think the flash shift would be 
theoretically hard to implement at all. I mean, you know, it's a staple in the Mega Man Zero series, for example, and that was back on the SNES. So implementing that I don't think would be hard. It's more just a matter of I don't think Nintendo's internal teams would have thought to implement that. I think that was something we got more from the Mercury Steam side of the development process. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really see Samus as like a character be like that kind of, I don't know, character to do i guess like have such a like an offensive and like fast move other than like i guess the speed booster is i guess the exception but i don't know the flash shift and like the counters and like all that stuff we didn't really start seeing that kind of stuff from samus until like other m and i don't know if that was like part of samus as a character like in terms of nintendo's like you know i don't know uh creative thinking of behind the franchise i don't know how to put it but like I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah. Like, You're asking if, if if that was the influence of Nintendo or if it was the influence of uh, Team Ninja, who made other M. I'm saying, that, like, yeah, I mean, I th- I definitely think that stuff like the counters and all that stuff that we're seeing in Dren Samus Returns, like, that that stuff feels like it came from other M. Or not, like, came from other M, but, like, that's the first time we definitely saw Samus, like, be that kind of acrobatic and, and, and aggressive and offensive in that kind of way. Like, she wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff in the other Metroids previous to that. So I'm not sure if, like, around 2006, 2007, if anyone was thinking of Samus in that kind of way until, I guess, Team Ninja did it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, well, let's, let's talk about uh, touchscreen now that we finished up with items and stuff like that. Because I, I wrote down, too, I'm like, what are the things about this game that if it was released on the DS is it almost assuredly would have had to have some kind of gimmick where you needed to touch the screen. And yes. I don't know what that would have been. I imagine that this game would have 100% been um, one screen is the map, one screen is Samus. I, I feel like that is almost... I, I would bet everything I own that that would have been how it was how it was laid out on the DS. Like, I don't think it would have been like a dual... Like, both screens would have been part of the, the action. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought about what that gimmick could be and i i thought that maybe it was like you know it could have been storm missiles maybe i was like maybe you tap in order to melee counter like maybe i don't know but i i think that that definitely for sure would have been there but i also think that if let's say that the map was the touch screen that you definitely would have got like the markers and stuff like that maybe you could have um like in in zelda phantom hourglass for example you can draw on the map and like give yourself little hints to go back Mm -hmm. to which actually would work decently well in a Metroid game, if you were able to, like, I don't know, make a little doodle that says, like, come back here, get this missile once you get blah, blah, blah. That wouldn't be the absolute worst thing in the world. Um, generally, I, I hated the touchscreen controls. Actually, I have a I have an opinion, and I, I don't think you guys are going to like it, but I think that in terms of, like, first-party Nintendo games, the DS is probably one of the worst systems for Nintendo. Because, like, I think that you had some of the worst entries in Mario and Zelda. Uh... <laughs> Metroid on the DS, Pokemon wasn't anything to write home about. Um, so, and I think that it kind of ties back to the touchscreen. But uh, yeah, I, I think that you would have had some kind of gimmick, and it probably wouldn't have been great. And I don't know. I map marking your map was the best that I could think of. The only the best way to to make use of the touchscreen. Well, how Metroid how, Prime Pinball is on the DS, yeah. and so you are objectively wrong. You're so DS. wrong. There's so many good games in the DS, man. Like to even say there are there's a lot of good games on the DS. The no, best like, Mario Kart is on the Nintendo DS. Games. Diamond and Pearl on the DS. Um uh, I mean I I don't think those are very strong Pokémon. Those are games, great Pokémon. Anyway, yeah, I I'm not I'm not entirely sold which way like 
Because I think it would have been so easy for them to just be like, okay, it's going to be just like Metroid Fusion, except you'll have the bottom screen with your map available to you at all times, be able to mark the map like that. I'm, I guess they didn't want to do just that, and that's why I'm thinking it would have been potentially a dual screen kind of game, and they still couldn't get it, because I feel like that would have been so easy to do. Like, just you just follow up Fusion with, okay, you put the action on the top screen, you give yourself a little more interactivity for the player on the bottom screen, and, and that's really it. And yeah, you could maybe mark the map, maybe you could... I'm thinking maybe there might be, like, slight abilities. Maybe you could, like, close doors, shut off power here and there. Like, very small things, like try to solve puzzles with the bottom screen somehow rather than just having it like be action on both in the gameplay on both sides. But I do think that they might've thought to do it and have it be so that way you would play and, and see like a larger amount of the screen on the second part of the game, like the second part of the map or the second part or the second screen, the top screen. Like that just seems like something they maybe thought to do and that would have been a way to i guess show more of like an emmy room for example you could have like the emmy crawling around on the top screen and try to get to the bottom one like that would have been cool and that could have been something that maybe would have been a bit too much for the ds but if they were able to pull it off would have been pretty awesome they bring the reserve tanks back from super metroid but you have to manually drag them from the item screen into your energy tank yes. slot. Oh god, I could see that too. God. Yes. Ugh. You know what? You know what would have been cool. Building off your idea, Dak, is so one thing that we didn't talk about is maybe there was, maybe there could have been some kind of version of the Omega Cannon where you once you go into the Omega or once you get the Omega Cannon. Mm-hmm. You're basically stationary, but then you have to, like, doodle or power up your Omega Cannon. You have to swipe really hard to the right, or to the left or whatever, <laughs> yeah. for the Omega Cannon. Yeah, you, I was you thinking about that. have to draw little that. circles over and over. Because, yep. I mean, like, in, in uh, Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, like, to seal away bosses, you have to make a little doodle on the, the screen. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which is kind of lame, but whatever. It's, it's sort of interactive, so... Yeah, I, I could see them maybe going that route. Yeah, but. you could definitely... You could do a lot of stuff like that. Like, you could have, like, special missiles that you could draw a line to where they'd hit. Or you could, like, draw, like, draw like the path that they're going to take. Uh, yeah, the Omega Cannon. Absolutely. Just, like, swipe really fast. like as And that would actually be a really fun thing, I think, to do. It would ruin bottom screens, though. It would absolutely destroy them. But, like, swiping as hard as you can to get it all charged up would be sick. And they'd probably have some, like, maybe they could have, like, bombs be dropped that way. Uh, that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity, even though it might be a bit gimmicky and cheesy. Like, that's what the system's for, I think. Um, I don't know. Well, it's it's certainly the most gimmicky. I think the DS is even more gimmicky than the Wii. No way. The Wii was, I, like, I, one of the most gimmicky. I think so. The, game, the, the Wii was so gimmicky, man. Well, yeah, the Wii was definitely the more gimmicky. I don't, I don't think the gimmicky. DS was far behind. The DS was way. just another screen that you could like that you could touch to. The Wii had the Wii remote in and of itself was more gimmicky than the whole DS combined. I think. Uh, you know what? I will say just to wrap up a point here: Pokemon Black and White was pretty good, but I didn't think that Pokemon Pearl and Diamond were very good. Other than that, you have the worst Zelda games on the DS. You have Metroid Prime Hunters, awesome game, not everyone's cup of tea. You have New Super Mario Bros, which is a low tier. No, Mario no, game. no, it's not. How and New Super New Mario Super, Brothers listen, game is dope. Like, like no, the series, the series no. now sucks. The series the original now is watered game. down sale, but the original one is really the good. The original one is really no. good, and it has those awesome uh, mini games. You got Gambling Luigi, I'm you got sorry, Casino Luigi, and even and even the multiplayer. The multiplayer was sick, game. and you had Super Mario sixty four DS. 
which was an awesome version of Super Mario 64, one of the best versions. Um, yeah. You had Mario Party Although DS. Although I will say, playing as Mario was was kind of nice. That was pretty good. Yeah, you had so I'll, many I'll good. You, you had so many that. good games. You had Mario Kart DS. You had Animal Crossing Wild World, which was an absolutely oh, that, incredible game. No, that's like the worst. Answer. What? Anyway, let's not get on this. Oh tangent. my god. Let's, let's not get started down here because we'll never get up. All right. Um, I have two more points about what could have been on the Nintendo DS. One area I'm not sure that this would have been. I I think that they could have turned the biggest weakness of um of Metro Dread into maybe a strength if it was on the DS, and and that is music. Uh, you know, I think that that's a fairly common critique of people that the music of Metro Dread was somewhat forgettable. I think that they could have. Uh, I don't know that they would have necessarily, but like we're coming in after Zero Mission and after Fusion, which. While they don't have the strongest soundtracks, at least the intention was there, and like you had a little bit of a better sound processor. Like you have you have some awesome games on on DS that have like great soundtracks. Like I mean, all the Castlevania games sound awesome. There's the Overworld theme from Spirit Tracks, which is awesome. Uh, I think that they could have had an opportunity to make actually some pretty wicked music if this would have been a DS game, kind of like that that like chip tuny music or not chip tuny, but like. You know what I mean? Like the like the 2D style of music that still sounds like it's a 2D game, but still sounds sweet. You know, Doom is probably his head is probably exploding listening to me <laughs> describe music. But do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah you're thinking you're thinking of like like 8-bit style music, like Shovel Knight kind of music. Sure. Yeah. 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 I I'm not sure if that's specifically the direction they'd go into. I don't think they'd do like a retro throwback soundtrack, but I do think it would sound it, it more in line. Bit, but like it would have like, been. It would have sounded more in line what we heard from Fusion and Zero Mission, except the right. instruments wouldn't be as compressed and grainy as they were on those tiny GBA speakers. Right. I, I think it would have had an opportunity to sound a lot like Super Metroid if it was on the DS, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. Super Metroid, but with less reverb, for sure. Um, I, I think, undoubtedly, the soundtrack would have sounded better just because, theoretically, at this point in time, Kenji Yamamoto and Minako Hamano would probably be working on the soundtrack, and that alone is pretty much in my book, a guarantee for success. So, yeah. There you go. All right, one final thing. I would I would love your guys' opinion, because I was thinking about this, and what if this release, Metro Dread, released as a DS game? And uh, the timing of this actually is somewhat important here, because if it, if it was originally going to release in 2006, I was thinking that this just felt weird, and it might feel less weird if it released in 2009. But so I was thinking of the story of Metroid Dread, and let's just assume that a lot of the base story is the same. Who knows if that's actually true? But let's just assume that the end goal was always to have Samus kind of turn into a Metroid with her Metroid DNA. I I don't know if that would have happened in 2006. I feel like that would have been a little bit strange, considering the series is still you know going hard in the Metroid Prime trilogy at the time. And to me, there's there's kind of like a sense of finality in, in doing that with Samus and turning her into that Metroid, where it's like the definitive closing of one chapter of the series and like opening up another chapter of the series. And I know that Prime and the 2D games don't necessarily have a lot to do with each other, but I, I don't know. I just It felt weird to me to have that happen before the Metroid Prime trilogy concluded. Do you guys like... Do you feel at all the same way, or is that just uh, a me being weird thing? Uh, yeah, I actually agree. I don't think we would have seen the same kind of finality to it as we saw like now. I don't think we would have gotten like this is the end of the current Metroid saga 
that we've got with the current Dread. I think, and this might go into how it would have changed the franchise, but I think we would have kept getting some more 2D Metroids pretty quickly. I don't know if they would have, maybe even other M might have still came out at the same time, but uh, I don't think we would have seen like, okay, this story is going to, this part of the story is ending, but also we're still actively telling this other part of the story. Um, whereas now we don't really have that same kind of issue because Metroid Prime 4 is, you know, presumably the start of a new trilogy potentially or at least not really like you know the first trilogy already ended that game isn't even really close to coming out right now so it doesn't feel the same kind of thing like same kind of way yeah i definitely agree i don't think we would have seen in like okay this is the last 2d like metroid in this like particular story that we're getting at this point it just it seems like it would have been right in the middle of things even if it came out a little later because i don't think it would have been 2006 i think 2008 would have been a really good year Obviously, it's like the only game, the only year around that time we didn't get, um, you know, a Metroid game until, you know, at the end of Trilogy was the last one in 2009 when that came out. But, like, nothing came out in 2008. That would have been a perfect year for this game to drop. So, yeah, I don't think we would have had that same kind of finality to it. Yeah, I I also agree. There's there's a couple things to consider. consider. One, like you guys mentioned, just the fact that we had more Metroid games coming out regularly and the series was more active. And so it would have been more likely that there would have been future entries planned. Whereas nowadays, because the series is so dormant, um, you know, um, Sakamoto probably wanted to get that finality, that conclusion to the story that he's been telling for decades out, just in case he didn't have the opportunity to make another one. Not only because, you know, you know, when you're working on a series that historically doesn't sell well, you don't know if this one is going to be the one that magically breaks the trend. Thankfully, it seems like it does, but... You know, that's more a hindsight 2020 thing, not something you would know within the development process. And two, another thing we have to consider is Sakamoto is getting old now. I mean, the dude is in his 60s now. And so, you know, you only have so much you only have so much time left to tell the story you want to tell. And so he probably wanted to have that one last opportunity while he's still on this on this planet to be able to do that. Whereas if you do that 10 years or 10 years ago or so now, he might have spaced it out a little bit more to expand the storyline, maybe go in different directions, etc. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't just me because I, I don't know, it just seemed weird to me to tell that version of the story, you know, like you said, right in the thick of things. Um, so I guess that's a good enough segue as any to just kind of transition into like what the, how, how the series would have been different or how the series might have changed had this original oh wait wait before we go ahead with that i had one more thing because i think did we i don't think we really went into this but do we think it would have been more of like a 3d game on a 2d play like we have kind of now like maybe like the new super mario brothers games or do you think it would have been another 2d game like the earlier 2d metroids and like castlevania titles what do you what do you think i think sakamoto would have wanted it to be like a kind of samus returns dread-esque like 2.5d game for lack of a better word but I think ultimately they would have compromised and went with a pixel art style just because, you know, of those limitations. I don't think Sakamoto's vision would have been able to run well on the uh, 2.5D mechanic. I agree. I, I don't think there's any way that it would have been. Now, it would have been uh, maybe a nicer pixel art like you. I keep on going back to Castlevania, but like, you know, there was a series of really awesome Castlevania games on the Game Boy Advance. And once they came to the DS, all those models and the backgrounds and stuff looked nicer, but you, it, like, it was the same general kind of idea, right? And I think that that would have been. Dawn of true Sorrow as looks well good. For... Like, if you had one that looked like Dawn of Sorrow, I think that one would be. Yeah. Would be sick. I, I think, I think it would have looked like a lot like the 2D Castlevanias, like a lot. 
uh, which which is a which is a good thing because I think all three of those games looked really awesome. See, because um, I, 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 I agree. I feel like from a Metroid fan perspective, that's what we'd want as well, like an awesome another 2D Metroid that looks like that. But at the same time, that was around when Nintendo was releasing stuff like New Super Mario Brothers and other games that was kind of reinventing some series here and there. And I wonder if they might have gone for a 3D Metroid or 2.5D Metroid to make it feel fresh rather than releasing, you know, a third 2D Metroid game going into the late 2000s. You know, I, I want to say that they would have stuck to what looks good and what works. But I mean, also, if you look at it, the DS was kind of the era of Nintendo taking like like GameCube games and trying to shrink them down to fit on the DS. Like you had Zelda Wind Waker style graphics on on both the Zelda games and it, it just didn't look very good at all. And I would argue that Metroid Prime Hunters also suffers from that same, not to the extent that the Zelda games do. But it also has the same thing. And then even like the N64 ports, like Diddy Kong Racing was was on the DS and that also looked like it was just shrunk down. It didn't look as nice. So I like I want to say no, but I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they would have tried to do that either. I think the DS actually can produce some really nice visuals. I think more so the problem with it is its actual resolution. Because the resolution is so small, the picture gets really grainy. But the actual models and the processing that the DS could do at the time, I think, was really impressive. I mean, you look at, like, you look at some of the DS games, like upscaled nowadays, the 1080p and 4K and uh, 4K, and they look really good. Like, especially uh, Mario 64 DS and Hunters in particular, which absolutely incredible stuff in my opinion. It's just that resolution, I think, that really hampers down a lot of uh, a lot of that visual um, artistry, especially in 3D titles. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of games can look good, and a lot of games do look good on on DS. But yeah, it was just Nintendo had some weird choices for some of its its big franchise. I mean, particularly Zelda. I just can't get those games out of my head. How ugly they are. See, what if you were getting chased by the Emmy like over the horizon, like in Animal Crossing? You know how like the world kind of like spins back into the horizon really close on the upper screen, like the Emmy's just chasing you over with that effect. That would be kind of cool. I don't know. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll try anything once. Um, all right. So, yeah, so I'm, I apologize. I realize I skipped over if you guys have anything that you wanted to add before we talk about how this would have shaped the franchise here. Do you, do you there anything else that we want to kind of discuss before we, we move on? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that if they were going to release this game, I do think that 2008 would have been such an amazing, I mean, aside from the fact that it was a year without Metroid before, you know, we had a few years without it after Trilogy. You know, it came out right between Corruption and Trilogy in 2007, 2009, respectively. And from what I could tell, the Nintendo DS is like second best year fiscally for selling hardware and software units was in 2008. And I think 2009 was actually the best year for it. So, like, it would have been a, a really, like, one of the best times to get another Metroid game out there because Nintendo DS hardware and software was both selling extremely well around that time. We had two solid years of another you know boon period for the DS or like its biggest boon period with a metroid game being released on the system so that would have been a really solid time for the franchise and that i guess leads into the next topic but i feel like would have had a really positive effect having it come out around that time well okay so let's i have five questions for you guys about how this would have shaped the series of the franchise if this game had come out on the ds and that's one of them but let's let's start off with i i feel like the most important question here so we know that in order to make this game as it kind of is on the Switch, we would have had to make some some big compromises, specifically in terms of the Emmys and that sequence, uh, in terms of the bosses, 
um, in terms of maybe some of the level design. So I think the first question that we have to ask is, is this game good if it releases on the Nintendo DS? I think it would be. I think just having another 2D Metroid, whether it's, you know, classic 2D or 2.5D, even if it was, again, just like more Metroid Fusion with maybe some more, you know, slightly more intricate SAX sequences in that kind of respect, it might not have had the same kind of cinematic and wow factor that we know today, but I think our expectations are also different. I think what they would have been able to pull off back then would still would have been uh, pretty impressive and pretty exciting. And I think there was still <clears throat> there was still a demand for more Metroid, even if it wouldn't have been the same game. I think people still would have been hyped for it and it would have been received well. I mean, obviously, provided the game was just not outright tanked development wise for whatever reason. But uh, yeah, I, I think it, it could have been pulled off, maybe not to the extent we know of the game today, uh, with a lot of compromises, but even with those compromises, I think people still would have been on board. People wanted more Metroid. The franchise was sell it was selling pretty decently, and there was a lot of other games coming out around that time. The hardware was really you know selling you know selling very well, so I think people would have adopted it pretty quickly. I I think I mostly agree with you. I, I think that this game would have been good. I obviously, I don't think it it would have been you know as great as the the version of metro dread is that we have but i i think that it would have been solid i do think that the the compromises that you would have made with the emmy would have been you know disappointing knowing what we know now but also maybe at the same time they could have they could have compensated for that with some really slick level design and like kind of traps and stuff like that that forced you to maybe even though the the encounters weren't going to be as random and the ai wasn't going to be as smart maybe they could have used the level design to kind of trap you in and make it a tighter scarier scenario than it ended up being as well so um i, I think that it would have been good as well uh, but definitely there there were you know a few areas that i'm glad that they did wait and wait for the technology to get to where they wanted it to be because you know i i think that it would have been it would have been good but i feel like it would have been like another like it would have been very similar to zero mission into fusion as well Oh, oh, unquestionably, I think so. I mean, pretty much every 2D Metroid game since Super Metroid um, has been enjoyable to some degree. You know, even Samus Returns, for all the criticisms I have with, is still a great game that everyone should play if they have a 3DS. And, uh, yeah, I think that would have been unquestionably um, same if Dread released on the DS as well. Would it have been as good as Dread on the Switch? Um, probably not, but, I mean, it still would have been a decent title. Would it have... But that and that's the thing though, and this is the other big thing. Would it have the impact on the series that it's having right now on the Switch? And I also don't think so, despite how well the Nintendo DS was doing at the time, because I think the Switch appeals to a much more demo a much more for lack of a better word, hardcore demographic, although I really don't like that word, but you, you I, know I think what the word you're looking for is like it's not it's not like a casual demographic that's buying a DS to play big brain age. You know what I mean? Like they're they're playing it to play video games. Well, even then, well, even then, like that was a lot of the DS crowd. But even then, there were a lot of there were a lot of um, there were also a lot of like regular core gamers that were playing the DS as well that weren't the demographic for Metroid. I feel like that demographic that demographic is there now, not just because the Switch naturally attracts them more, but also because I think that um, the gaming landscape has changed so much since then. We've had a revival in the indie, um, the, the Metroidvania genre, thanks to indie, big indie titles like Hollow Knight, Ori, um, um, Insanely Twisted Planet, um, Shadow Complex, etc., etc., stuff like that. Not, not Shadow Complex. <laughs> yeah, uh, Shadow Guacamelee, Complex. how about that? 
Ugh. You know, actually, I, I want to interject here really quick, actually, and and add on to your landscape has changed. I don't think it's much to do with like the. Uh, I mean, it is kind of. It's not much to do with like the games that you just mentioned, but like there used to be a time when like you would let's even back in two thousand six, and you'd learn about a celebrity, and it's just like this guy likes video games, and it's it was such a niche thing to to have, and now like. You, you see things nowadays where it's like people are talking about Henry Cavill and they're just like, this guy likes video games. And it's like, I mean, at this point, like liking video games is, is akin to saying that you like to watch basketball, right? Like it's just like everybody does. So like, yeah, there's so much more of a bigger audience as well for that. And I think there's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, it's all good. And then I also think, I also think there is kind of, you know, that historical, like, um, that kind of historical like 16 years in development thing like you know and kind of like the whole the whole thing tied to that like like a metroid dread released on the nintendo ds like it would just be the next metroid game it would just be another metroid game but metroid dread releasing when it does like obviously for us fans like it means so much but even for the person who's never played a metroid game like you know just learning about that history it makes that title feel that much more special and and if that is your first title it makes it feel like oh this is the one where i'm trying out for the first time this legendary title that took almost two decades to make this is where i get to jump into the franchise and and granted, I don't think that's how most people are going to experience it. Most people, you know, Twitter's not real life. Most people, they probably just saw the cover at Target and thought, oh, that looks interesting. I'll pick that up. That's probably that's probably what's happening. But, you know, for that demographic that is, I think it just adds that another another layer of something that you just wouldn't have on the DS. There's like the, the uh, culture has okay. changed I, significantly I, I, since then. Just, I don't know. I feel like that's like... That's true, but it wasn't, like, ideal. Like, no one really ever wanted to wait all this time for that next 2D Metroid to really come out, you know? Like, I think people would have rather let, let me ask you, the sequel to come let out Let me ask you question quickly. two and three. Uh, let me ask you guys question two and three, because these go hand in hand together, and I think that what may be obvious maybe isn't as obvious as we think. So my que- question two is, if Metroid Dread was a DS game, does it sell well? And then question three is, does that lead to more 2D Metroid games? And... I think the I think we're all under the assumption that if Metroid Dread would have come out on the DS, it would have done, you know, it would have led to more 2D Metroid games. And I'm actually not entirely sure that that's true, because I think that we're all also under the assumption that it would have sold pretty well on the Nintendo DS because the DS was such a high selling system. And but I also actually don't know that that's true at all because you look at. I mean, you look at the the top selling DS games, and they're exactly what you think they are: Mario, Mario Kart, Pokemon, um, and then like way down. In fact, at the 69th spot, nice is Metroid Prime Hunters, and there is none of the 2D Castlevanias like anywhere on this list at all, uh, which I think are a decent comparable. And in fact, there's a lot of just other games like Rhythm Haven and Mystery Dungeon and Tomodachi and Professor Layton and stuff like like Lego that are on this list and you have such a significant drop off from like the top. So the top 10 games in this best selling DS list are all like 10 million plus. And then like, it's a very significant drop off after that where it's like a million here, a million there. So let's just say that Metro dread could have sold a million copies. I, I don't know if that would have led to like a ton of new 2d Metroid games. Cause at the, at the time, like, I, I guess, I, I guess what I'm saying is at the time, you know, zero mission hadn't been, you know, didn't do particularly well. Uh, I don't know how Metroid Fusion did all right, but it was kind of overshadowed by the success of Metroid Prime. And Metroid Prime is is kind of where, you know, seemed to be 
the hot iron and even that on the ds didn't light the world on fire either so i, I don't know if it i think it would have sold well i don't think it would have bombed but i don't think it would have done like the numbers obviously that metro dread is doing on the switch and i and i'm not sure that it would have led to more 2d games i completely agree um you know um i think it would have sold good for a metroid game but like for i think what nintendo wanted out of the franchise specifically after metroid prime you know after metroid prime nintendo wanted a game that would overtake prime that would capitalize they wanted prime to be a catalyst for the series future and you know that just never panned out for a myriad of reasons which i think you dedicated an episode of the podcast to in the very big very early days but yeah, I'm sure Dread would have done well. And who knows, maybe maybe Dread would have been the best-selling game of the series on the DS. Like, I mean, we don't know. We don't have um, a time machine to go back and look at that. So, so who am I to say? But I don't really think there's any evidence to suggest that Dread would have outperformed um, any of the other games um, much differently regarding the trajectory the series was on at the time. Jack, what do you think? I see. I don't know if you're about to ask this question or if you had kind of already alluded to it, but I, I agree because I think ultimately we would have gotten other M either way. I think things would have mm -hmm. still gone the same way, even if Dread had come out. Like it probably would have done around as good as as Fusion. Maybe if it did like two times as good as Fusion, right? Which would I think would have been awesome on the DS. Like, did they have plans to continue to make more of those games, or right? Did they want to capitalize on? the more like the larger scale prime games and they ended up going with other m which definitely felt like a larger scale and kind of just bigger game than like a class of 2d metroid had it been executed well could have easily changed things but i don't think like had unless dread just just absolutely incredibly well like it was like a new super mario brothers level kind of game which even like now it remains to be seen how far you know dread itself cracks into the sales for the switch so i don't think it's like super reasonable to say like dread would have been like a top 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 seller like even if it was like an absolutely incredible game just the style of the game and the audience at the time i don't think was you know like you've all painted i'm not really you know weren't really looking for that kind of game um i think ultimately you had dread kind of come out maybe 2007 2008 maybe 2006 but like does that change you know trilogy eventually coming out and then like other m coming out i don't necessarily think so so yeah i don't i don't know if uh Things would ultimately change too much, but I, I think the game would probably sell decently, would be good, but I don't think it would have been like, I, I wouldn't have had the same impact as Dread has had now. Yeah, and, and I guess to, to just clarify, just so that no one gets the wrong idea, I'm not suggesting that Metroid Dread should have like been in that top echelon of, of DS games, but I guess what I'm saying is I, I think it just would have sold like any other Metroid game yeah. did at the time, uh, which, you know, Metroid Dread on the Switch right now is not selling like any other Metroid did ever, right? Like, it's it's blowing them all away. So, um, that, I guess that's just a point I want to make. But yeah, I, I think that's the the next question, the ultimate question, is if we have Metroid Dread come out, does Metroid Other M come out? And for that matter, if, if Metroid Dread is a DS game, do you think that we always get Metroid Prime Hunters, or do you think that that maybe gets pushed back uh, as well? No, we still definitely get Hunters for sure, because that was... Um, I think so, too. Because, because you know, as we've talked about before, you know, the Prime series and the 2D series are kind of led by two different teams. You have the 2D series led by Sakamoto, and then you have the Prime series kind of led by Tanabe-san. And they kind of... Well they, well, they definitely talk to each other, like, behind the scenes to, like, talk about their ideas and what they're doing, make sure they're not, like... 
um, impeding on each other, for lack of a better word. Like, for the most part, they pretty much do their own things. And after, you know, after the success of Metroid Prime, Nintendo, you know, absolutely wanted to get that onto a handheld. I mean, that was, I mean, that was their big marketing push for the DS. They bundled a demo of that game on the DS. And so, and that was before Metroid Dread even went into, um, even went into production. So absolutely, without a doubt, we would have still gotten Hunters. And, and good thing yeah. too, because it's an awesome game. I don't think we anything changes honestly between you know like Hunters, Corruption, Trilogy. Those all come out I think as planned. Like you know, as Duno said, they're they're completely separated. But also, even if they weren't like entirely separated, I don't think they would have like just changed things around in that kind of way. And having like a Metroid game come out every year was just too solid, too sweet. Um, yeah. So I get, and that brings us back to the big thing, which you touch, what both of you have touched on now, is like you know, do we get other M? If Metroid Dread comes out, and honestly, I think that we do, yeah, because I think that Dread comes out on the DS, regardless of if it's a, a good Metroid game or not, uh, which it probably is, but it's probably not like a great, you know, the groundbreaking Metroid game that we know it to be in a lot of ways. But I think that it comes out. I think that it probably sells as well as most other Metroid games at the time, and then they probably still want to try this different direction, and we still get other M. The question is, does the series go dark for so long after, and? I think that that probably stays the same too. It, it's like um, Terminator. Like Judgment Day always comes. Like regardless of how things could have changed, like Other M always comes out, and Metroid always wow, that dies. That is apropos. Wow. It, it, regardless of how it goes down, man. Other M always comes. All right. <laughs> no matter what time. Always you're happens. In. Uh, yeah. So. so I, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I, I mean, I was just gonna say this is like. So it, it comes out, uh, you know, on the DS. Other M still comes out eventually anyways. I think that the series still goes dark. And then what are we left with after, right? Like Metroid Dread was kind of this great big hope for Metroid fans in 2021. And maybe it's just Metroid 6 that comes out in 2021 instead. But, uh, and, and it's like the, cha- the the first chapter of a new 2D Metroid saga. I guess that could have been totally plausible too. But, um we have the Retro Studios janitorial hires to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, other M always comes. That's right. What do you think, Doom? So, again, I'm 50-50 on this. I think you could coin flip it. I, I think I think regardless, we would get some form of other M. I'm just not sure if it would be the other, the same game that we got, for a lack of better word. Because the big... So, I think the big thing that led to other that led to like why other M felt so unique, different for better or worse um, is because you had, you had the collaboration with both Sakamoto and team Ninja as well as Sakamoto's Sakamoto's specific desire for a more personal grounded. Well, I don't want to say grounded a more personal story with Samus and a more cinematic approach to Metroid that he hadn't done before, as well as the desire to make a 3d action game that controlled as simply as an NES title and I think those two combinations together is what led to Other M as we know it. And I'm not sure if that would have happened in an alternate future had Sakamoto not met with Team Ninja to have that vision in, in the first place, if that makes sense. And the big reason why that happened is because his team was disassembled at that time. I can't remember the exact I, I can't remember the exact name of the internal Nintendo team. It's like you know, there's Nintendo e, EAD and RND one, et cetera, et cetera. It was it was one one of those teams that worked on pretty much all the 2D Metroids with Sakamoto. 
and they were disassembled, and that's why ever since then Sakamoto has been looking at a third-party support for the Metroid titles moving forward since then. And and had um in a future where Metroid Dread comes out and does moderately well, I'm not sure if that team would have been disassembled since there would still be active titles in development. Uh, I think that it, I think that other M the game was was always going to happen. I I think be, what what you just laid out, Sakamoto wanted to make that kind of game, um, and I think I think that that was always going to happen. The the only question I have is I wonder if the story is what it's going to be. Um, you know, because I, I feel like Other M was the intended payoff for the Federation conspiracy storyline, and obviously that missed the mark. But I wonder if Metroid Dread comes out, if you know, if we if we assume that it has relatively the same story as Metroid Dread that we know of right now, I wonder if they just create like a new story or a new setting or a new something, right? Like I wonder if they just don't do the Federation bottle ship Adam Malkovich deal. And I that that's the thing actually. I wonder if if they didn't do that is if other M is still I guess as reviled as it is. Um, so maybe that's actually the biggest thought experiment that that comes out of what what happens if Metroid Dread releases on the Nintendo DS. Because I think that the conclusion that we've got to is that if Metroid Dread released on the Nintendo DS, it's probably a pretty good Metroid game. It probably sells about as well as most other Metroid games. It probably leads to Other M happening in one shape or form, at least Other M the game. Um, but maybe the game, or maybe the story could have been different in Other M if Sakamoto would have felt like maybe he wrapped up that uh, Galactic Federation storyline in Metroid Dread. Who knows? The gameplay would have been very different, at least. I think we can all agree on that. Had Assuming assuming that Team Ninja was not involved in that, it was still um, internally developed in Nintendo. Uh, I, I think Team Ninja was always going to be there. I think, the, I think the gameplay would be the same. I think the story might be different. But uh, that's just me. Possible that it's not. But yeah, I think, I, think we're, I think we're at the end of our thought experiment here, gentlemen. Is there any other thoughts that we have that we want to put a bow on for how this game might have looked and shaped the future of this franchise if it was a, a Nintendo DS game? Um, I just want to say that if it came out on the DS, I don't know why, I think Ridley would have been in it. I think if we had him back... Rid, Rid, it was peak Ridley hours back then. Ridley was showing up. He showed up twice in Brawl. Like, he was showing up in, in Metro... He showed he up showed twice in corruption. corruption. I guess he didn't show up in Hunters, but... He should have also been in that. I don't know. I think maybe we would have gotten some... Rid I'm still surprised we didn't get Ridley in this dread either. I really thought we were getting another Ridley robot. Like, I, was, I wasn't I was convinced, but I was like, ah, this would, it would fit. It would work so well. And they didn't do it. So I wonder if maybe in another another timeline they would have done it then. So who knows? Uh, well, we, we could talk about that in a few weeks on our Metro Dread's Biggest Missed Opportunities episode. Because uh, I, I was pretty convinced that we were going to get Ridley Emmy in metro dread yeah. and that obviously didn't what were they building man well in the background of that emmy room what was that they didn't uh, being nothing they were they were building uh the thermal heat cell things that power the planet zdr maybe what does zdr even stand um, for that's uh that's on a need to know basis and all of us don't need to know, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we're going to get out of here, though. We're going a little bit long, but uh, I, had a, I had a fun time with this thought experiment with you guys, and uh, I, can't, I can't wait to hear what uh, all of our listeners think about uh, what could have been for Metro Dread had it released back in, uh, you know, 
know, the, the late 2000s. Um, we want to encourage you guys to check us out over on Twitter at Omega Medroid Pod, at Spateri316, at DaxCity underscore, and at Doomwindle Cross. And of course, check us out over on Podbean, iTunes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You know the drill. Like and subscribe. Recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life. And uh, we will see you guys here next week with some exciting episode 100 details. Until then, everybody, take care.